Welcome to Canada's podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Hi, this is Angela Fay from Canada's podcast. As we launch into 2020, it's essential that we engage and adapt to megatrends of the next decade. In particular, the on-demand production and delivery that is birthing and continues to birth the instant economy of things and the continued increase in global abundance. As the middle-income population continues to rise, driven by the convergence of high bandwidth, low-cost communication, AI and AI-aided uh, uh, professional services, uh, all of these things are being digitized, they are fully demonetized and available to a rising uh, population of people on their mobile devices. Today, part of that professional services trend, you get to meet Brett Colvin. He is the co-founder and CEO of goodlawyer.ca. He's embracing these megatrends and he's passionate about making sure that the most amount of people possible can access as good quality legal services to stay resilient and sustainable in business and life. So welcome Brett to Canada's podcast. How are you? I'm doing good. And uh, thanks so much for having me, Angela. It's uh, exciting to be here and I uh, look forward to sharing a little bit about my journey and uh, where we've gotten Good Lawyer to today. Well, and so let's just launch right in. Tell me a little bit about your your entrepreneurial journey because it, it it's uh, it's an interesting pathway. Yeah. So for me, I mean, I've, I've always been a bit of an entrepreneur. I uh, started my probably first so-called business when I was four paying my little brother to go find golf balls so I could sell them. So, you know, I've, I've always had this bit of an entrepreneurial itch since I was a kid and uh, got to try that out in a sort of grander scale for the first time uh, during my undergrad, ran one of those painting franchises that I'm sure you've seen. And uh, that really opened my eyes to what it was to run a real business. And uh, once I got a taste, I knew that uh, one day I'd be running my own business again. Wasn't sure when that was going to be managed to spend about uh, three years in law school and another four practicing. So it took me a while to get back here, but uh, happy to say that that journey wasn't a waste and have managed to sort of merge those two worlds in what we like to call Good Lawyer. So tell me a little bit about Good Lawyer. Absolutely. So Good Lawyer is a platform that connects entrepreneurs, startups, small business owners with affordable legal help right across the country. So we connect those individuals with business-focused lawyers, um, most of whom work independently as their, you know, entrepreneurs themselves. And we connect the dots. So we connect those business owners looking for legal help with these lawyers with a ton of extra capacity and the right skill sets to help them with their specific problems. So, you know, much like Skip the Dishes or Uber connects you with a, a driver or a meal, Good Lawyer does the same thing, connecting you with top-notch legal advice right across Canada. Awesome. So uh, give me a sense of uh, how long you've been in business and how things are, are going rolling out so far. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of a funny question because Good Lawyer has been percolating for a very long time. I mean, I bought the domain and then a bunch of other domains in first year law school without really any clue as to what <laughs> I was going to be using it for. I had a conversation that really struck me about Good Lawyer and that's really what people were looking for. So bought the domain on a whim and sat on it for a good six years uh, started building the product in my last year while I was still working at a, a big corporate law firm in Calgary. The ideas were percolating and then eventually hired a software developer who worked out of my apartment for the first 10 months while I was working <laughs> at the office all day. We'd come home and brainstorm at night. 
and then uh, left the corporate firm last year in February. And then we launched the first version of Good Lawyer, April 2019. You know, launching a, a new startup is, is a rocky path to say the least. So we struggled to find traction that first year, launched a totally new product, uh, January 2020, focused on what we coined micro legal services, really bite-sized, affordable uh, legal services like 15-minute advice sessions or per-page contract reviews for 25 bucks. And that is really what propelled us forward this year. And uh, this year, unlike last year, we've been seeing some tremendous growth. So really exciting time to be uh, on the Good Lawyer team and also to just to be uh, in the world of law because it's changing faster than it has ever before. So I, I'm going to come back to that. I'm not going to lose that. World of law is changing. I just, as you even said, leaving the firm, you know, I was, I was that classic reading about the firm and, and the the pop culture about the firm, right? And what it means and the abuse of all these young lawyers and and I don't know by reputation or reality. I'm I haven't worked at a law firm before. But tell me about the demise of the firm. Like what or the future demise of the firm. What what's happening there that that seems to be the trend? Now I was at a like a massive corporate law firm. And I mean we've seen one similar size law firm go under in the last five years. And I think that was the first time it ever happened. That was called Heenan Blakey. And that was a, a huge storyline, massive firm, you know, Kretchen worked there and, and it crumbled because I think at, at the end of the day, that type of a, a partnership model that has been really sort of stretched to its, to its ends is, is a fickle uh, organization just in the sense that there's not a lot of retained earnings. There's not a lot of value baked right into the, the company. Really, it's, there's a brand, a strong brand, and then they really are reliant on bringing in top-notch talent, top-notch you know, students, and then young lawyers, and then grooming them into being you know, the best lawyers in Canada. Where they, where they go astray from me and like my struggle when I was working at the firm was you know, when you have a firm made up of 500 or 1,000 lawyers across a country, or for some of them now across the world, it functions much like a like a corporation in the sense, like a large corporation enterprise, a lot of bureaucracy, not as nimble uh, as a smaller partnership or a smaller organization would be. And so I, I found that trying to push for innovation, which has always been a major passion of mine, was challenging. So really that struggle to innovate on just some fundamental things like the billing model. I mean, billable hours permeate their way through this entire legal industry and you know, even just going back to my painting days when I was running a painting franchise, I learned how to estimate. And it struck me, I was so confused why lawyers just were so adverse to estimating how much projects were going to cost and, you know, offloading all of that risk onto the client. Right. Isn't how other services for the most part are provided. And lawyers have been sort of couched in this um, regulatory monopoly so as I was saying, you know, the, the legal profession is couched in this regulatory monopoly that has, um, in my view, allowed lawyers to rest on their laurels a little bit and not uh, innovate in the ways that we've seen in so many other sectors. You know, healthcare, financial services, these big, fairly comparable areas, you know, from one sort of perspective or another, have been going through this rapid and enormous transformation and laws lag behind. And 
that is really where I saw a massive opportunity to take the profession that I had just gotten baked into and learned about and seen the problems from a new perspective being the lawyer's perspective. Cause I think that's the interesting part from my experience is I got that insight as to lawyers were struggling too. at the big firms. They're getting, you know, punished with massive targets, like hourly targets. And at the small firms, they're struggling to find new clients and generate enough revenue to keep the lights on. So I just got to see it from that perspective, which I feel like is, is really kind of hidden to a lot of people. You know, lawyers are expensive and scary. I think a lot of people could relate with that. But the fact that there was so much opportunity also on the lawyer side to make things better is what really drew me into to starting Good Lawyer and trying to build this bridge that would make the delivery of legal services more enjoyable for everybody. When I'm going to come back to enjoyable, <laughs> we're going to touch on affordable, but really important right now is there's been some re- regulatory reform that's impacting how legal services are delivered. Is that right? Sort of. <laughs> okay. I would say that there's um, reform is definitely too strong of a word to use in Canada. Uh, we are seeing for the first time in North America, some pretty remarkable reform that is about to uh, take off on January 1st of next year down in Arizona. So they're opening the doors entirely to new delivery models, non-lawyers having ownership in legal service providers. And these are things that have already occurred in the UK and Australia and other places in the world. But North America hasn't taken that step yet. And in North America, both Canada and the US, uh, lawyers are regulated at the state or provincial level. So it's going to take more time for everybody to sort of get on board. But it's really exciting to see Arizona taking that first step And uh, I have very high hopes with how the access to justice crisis is going to improve in Arizona once they've allowed some more bodies into that world in providing legal services. And would it would it be a fair comparison to say so like in Australia and the UK where, you know, you have a, a conglomerate of, say, software developers and it's a CEO running the software development company, but that's not necessarily a developer themselves. Right. So they're running the company. And so in your analogy is in, in those countries and in Arizona now, you can have a CEO running a company that isn't necessarily the lawyer. Yeah. And I mean, we already see that at the big firms in Canada that, you know, they started, I'd say in the last 10 years, hiring business specialists into the organization. But the kicker with that is, is that those business specialists, you know, I'm sure they have a very nice salary and bonus opportunity, but they can't own part of the law firm. They can't be equity holders in the law firm because only lawyers can own law firms in Canada. So that's the distinction or one of the many, but that's a key distinction with the UK and Australia is non-lawyers can actually have some skin in the game. And, you know, as we see with businesses in all industries, equity incentivizes and aligns interests. So really excited to see how it plays out in Arizona. The Law Society of BC just announced, I believe two days ago, they're going to be playing with an innovation sandbox, which is sort of the, the half step to, to what they did in Arizona. They're, they're kind of emulating what's going on down in Utah. So, you know, it's not what I would have liked to have seen. I'd like them to just open the doors and let companies like Good Lawyer, you know, start filling that massive unmet legal need that exists. Um, but, you know, it's better than nothing. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that sandbox plays out here in BC. So I, I've never heard that expression before. Apologies if, if it's commonplace, but an uh, innovation sandbox. Now, I know it was just released, but what is your understanding or impression of what it is set out to achieve? 
it's a careful kind of let's test it out and see approach. Uh, the downsides to it are it's risky for businesses to, to get involved because it's a sandbox. It's, it sort of has a timeline, a time horizon on it where you, you know, as, again, I just, it just came out a couple of days ago. So I just had a kind of um, periphery look at it so far, but you basically apply to the law society with your innovative business model. They give you the green light and then they keep a close eye on you for a couple of years and then after a couple of years, and again, I don't know what the time horizon is for the LSBC. That's what it was in Utah. They make a decision as to whether to keep permitting you to do what you're doing or tell you, no, there's been public harm, which is really the role of the, the regulator when it comes to legal services of public harm. Yeah, we, have, we haven't seen how any of these sandboxes have played out in North America yet. I can tell you that doing the deep dives in the UK, it was the competition board. I can't remember who it was in Australia, but when they did the deep dives into the effects of these more innovative business models that weren't wholly owned by, by lawyers and you know sort of clouded in the restrictions that exist across North America, the access to justice benefits were significant and material. So I always like to pull the stat out of the Clio report, 77% of legal needs in North America go unmet. And from my perspective, no, none of the current rules can possibly justify a statistic like that. Like we're, we're obviously not doing a very good job as a profession with this regulated monopoly we have to provide the public with access to legal services. And when you have 77% of them going unmet, in my mind, that, you know, that is a very clear issue that needs to be addressed. Right. So how, how are you going about addressing it either yourself or maybe in, in any advocacy roles that you're involved in? Um, and, and what, What's almost a, a measurable statistic that we could aim for? I'm not exactly sure what you mean, but in terms of what we've done, I mean, we're still a pretty young company, but already we've helped over 500 Canadians with pro bono legal services, totaling over $20,000 uh, of worth. And that's over the platform. So if you're going to a traditional law firm, you know, you can probably double, triple that number, but we've been able to do that because we've got access to super affordable, high quality lawyers and so our cost of services to provide, you know, pro bono, if we're giving out promo codes, which is our primary way of doing so. And we can talk about the promo code we're going to give to the listeners at the end of this. Absolutely. But we found that just by giving people access to fast, efficient legal help has been game changing for them. So I'm not sure if that's exactly what you're. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. And I, I mean, even just reducing with a, you know, goal of say, reducing it from 77% of needs go unmet down to we don't want to say, I mean, zero would be perfect. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> reducing it from 77 to 76 would be a good start. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, if you could describe right now, what are the most common questions or quick fixes that you're able to provide it? Yeah. So the microservices for sure. Um, and I'll get more into that in a second, but I just wanted to draw a parallel to like the effect of Uber and Lyft on the transportation industry and, you know, specifically taxis. So the taxi industry, if you now include Uber and Lyft into that industry, I believe it's like tripled in size, certainly more than double. Uh, and what that makes clear to me is in that space, there was this huge unmet demand that a taxi wasn't filling because it was less convenient, more expensive, yada, yada. The same thing exists in legal services, except for in my view, you know, having, the right paperwork so you know your business is secure or you know having someone 
you know, going to court on your behalf. These to me are like more fundamental, important problems than how I'm getting to the grocery store or, you know, how I'm getting to my friend's house tonight. I mean, that can be debated, but my point is simply there's this huge unmet legal need that a platform like Good Lawyer is going to be able to tap into because people have these problems they want to get from A to B, you know, whether it's down the street or whether it's in the courtroom and platforms are the way that you can make that happen way more efficiently and more efficiently means more affordably. And, and one thing that you keep that you mentioned is friendlier. It's pretty intimidating, really. I mean, I've I've uh, I've had lawyers on for a few different reasons, but uh, can you describe how working with good lawyer is is even friendlier or dare I say more fun than a traditional format? Absolutely, and, and you know we we it's a little it's a little bit of tongue in cheek trying to make legal stuff fun because you know I I am a lawyer and uh, it's a lot of drudgery as I learned in my first class ever at law school. But we put a smile on it. And if you just go to the website, even goodlawyer.ca, it doesn't look like a normal law firm website. And, you know, we're not trying to intimidate you and, you know, trying to justify our four or $500 billable hours. All the prices are up front. We put on free educational webinars, like almost on a weekly basis with good lawyers on the platform. And that coupled with a business masterclass we're coming out with, that's going to be totally free. Ooh, um, tons of content. So we're just trying to provide just like trusted materials and trusted opportunities for business owners to sort of dip their toes into the legal realm, get a little bit more educated, not because we're trying to turn them all into lawyers, but just so that they have some awareness of the issues that are, you know, crossing their path as a business owner. And our focus is on business owners. But really, it's with that free educational stuff that we're trying to reduce the barrier to understanding for these business owners and then just providing transparency when it comes to and, you know, who you're working with. Every customer can leave a review for their lawyer, which I've been so pleasantly surprised to see that has a huge impact on lawyers. Like we had a lawyer yesterday get a terrible review and he was distraught. And then we called the customer and you know, fortunately, she just accidentally put one star instead of five because she was thinking that was the because the, she gave Best. us a great Google. Yeah. Yeah. So she was just a little confused and we, and we got that resolved. But just seeing how motivated lawyers are to get good reviews, uh, to provide good service and then having, you know, the good lawyer team in the background for for the customer or the client just makes a world of difference. Are you recruiting more lawyers, Brett, at this point? What's your kind of onboarding process for the, the actual lawyers side of things? For sure. So, I mean, we've got a pretty robust vetting process. Uh, we were fortunate. We, the demand from the, the lawyer side is really high. I have lawyers reaching out to me probably every three days uh, requesting to be on the platform. So I'm fortunate to have sort of a, a big list of lawyers to draw on as we add. Um, we've been really careful not to add too much. One, to keep the lawyers on the platform uh, as busy as possible and make sure that, you know, we're getting them up to speed on how to use the platform and how to sell services in this sort of new transformative way, which seems so funny because it's just about fixed fee upfront pricing, but in the legal world, it's transformative. And so we've just been working with like that core group of lawyers to really get them up to speed. And then we've been adding slowly uh, additional lawyers as the demand increases. So we're over, we've got over 60 lawyers on the platform. 
about half of those lawyers we keep really busy. And uh, that's definitely one of been one of the, again, kind of surprise benefits that I've been really uh, excited to see is the community that we're building on the both the on both the customer, but even more so on the lawyer side, because you have all these sole practitioners, you know, especially in COVID days, working from home alone all the time. And Good Lawyer now creates this opportunity for them to connect with other lawyers, start to build a bit of community, learn from each other, help each other. And uh, yeah, it's pretty good vibes all around right now. Well, and there is definitely a trend uh, uh, as far as I've had a co-working space and have a virtual office here um, service in, and the amount of people that are in the professional services industry, independent, that historically would have been in firms, lawyers being a big, big section of them. I, Quite surprised at how many are independent now, and um, and uh, is there a regulatory shift that has allowed that um, versus having to be part of a management firm? No, not at all. I think I think that is just a function of the types of people and maybe the generational shift that we're starting to see. You know, I'm 31, and I can tell you that a ton of my peers who I went to law school with or who I worked with at the big firm, they're thinking about this because they want flexibility. You know, they don't want to just be a slave to the, to the hours they have to hit. And yeah, they're all making pretty good money, but they, they're starting to see that that's not the be all end all. And if they have ways to make enough money, but also have a greater sense of freedom and purpose, that's becoming more attractive to them. So I've coined this one a couple of times, but I really do think that the future professional, their life's going to be defined by freedom as opposed to prestige that it historically has been. I love it. Well, let's get into some nitty gritties. You are based in Vancouver. Is that, is that right? Uh, So we've got a few offices. I'm in Vancouver right now. The bulk of the team is in Calgary and I kind of hop between uh, obviously less these days. Uh, and then we've got a few folks out in Ontario in uh, Toronto and Ottawa. Okay. And when you say folks, what, what would, what would your office look like in this day and age? Uh, so we have for the past uh, two years sort of bounced between co-working spaces and wherever I live. Okay. So <laughs> typically I I've been moving into houses um, with a little extra space not quite the garage that, you know, you, because we come uh, the folklore stuff, but not so far off of that. You know, we got the big whiteboard nailed to my the wall. We got the tables. And so uh, the houses have been slowly getting just ever so slightly nicer. But uh, co-working spaces and the team working out of, you know, some section of, of my home is pretty much how we've done it. I mean, we're really remote with lots of interaction. We're kind of a remote team that hangs out all the time. That's pretty cool. And I think that is very much the trend of, of most future firms. So uh, you're well and truly ahead of the curve there. I, I want to get into, is there any particular advantage of doing business now in a geographic location, Brett, from your perspective, being a remote team, you're in, in three different communities with your, with your staff. You know, one thing we like to talk about at Canada's podcast is, is, the fact that we are national, as is goodlawyer.ca. Is there a culture or uniqueness of doing business in BC, let's say, versus Alberta versus Ontario? Or is it starting to erode? I Maybe a little bit, but not much. I'd say, you know, the problems that we're trying to address 
are not unique to any province. Uh, you know, we're not, we're focused on the entrepreneur, but that's still pretty broad. So we're able to help entrepreneurs in a wide variety of sectors. I mean, our secret sauce definitely is for tech companies because we can connect them with lawyers that they just will never find on their own. But yeah, the problems that we're solving for both the lawyers and uh, the business owners across Canada are are very similar. And so I think that's one of the benefits of what we're doing is able to connect those dots. And with the launch of our new subscription service, Good Lawyer Pro, we're hoping to actually be able to start connecting the dots on the customer side more. So you have pros, you know, business owners, networking with other business owners all, you know, all over the country through the good lawyer community, because again, you know, you're stuck in Calgary, you don't know people in Ottawa or Halifax. So we're trying to, we're trying to connect those dots on the community side in the exact same way that we've been successful doing it on the lawyer side. Fantastic. Um, so you mentioned a couple of juicy things that I want to sort of add some value here. You, uh, you mentioned the business masterclass. Can you expand a little bit on that? Yeah, it's uh, it's early days on that, but it looks like we're going to get a little bit of uh, funding budget, fingers crossed, to put together some really high quality videos. Uh, and those are going to be strictly educational, free, uh, that we're going to put out there to educate business owners. And I, and I can speak to this from my experience practicing, you know, lawyers have historically kept, you know, the precedence, the information, everything, you know, behind a pretty closed doors. And, you know, again, I can understand why giving that stuff away erodes a bit of their value. But I think that uh, as we see going forward, the lawyer's role is going to move more away from the commodity stuff that, you know, they are holding these precedents so tightly into higher value add areas and really being, you know, trusted advisors to the business as a whole beyond just doing the paperwork. So to sort of lead the charge on that, we're, you know, this just ties directly into the educational stuff we're already doing. So we're doing these webinars. The business law masterclass is going to be an evolution of that. And it's going to be high quality video teaching business owners about the you know legal fundamentals that they should know about if they're going to succeed. Uh, and we're stealing a lot of our sort of idea generation from some amazing videos that Wealth Simple did on uh, investor education. So any um, sort of line in the sand and I realize it could be a bit flexible what on your launch date for that uh the business masterclass we just brought on a new legal intern who's going to be kicking off here in the next couple of weeks coupled with a couple of my advisors who are sort of you know work on good lawyer off the side of their desk because they're still at the big firm and then myself so the timeline I would my best guess would be February launch of the business masterclass but oh, I can't promise that yet <laughs> Okay, well, we will keep watch and maybe you and I need to get together for just a quick five minute Friday and launch when when you're ready to go to, to let people Absolutely, know. Absolutely, that would be uh, terrific. To find it online. Okay, cool. And the second, of course, was you mentioned the um, the, the free advice sessions. What what What's an offer there? What, what can we, what would you like to see with some of our listeners? Yeah, so I'll, I'll mention two things. One is for any listeners, I'm not sure when this is going out, but we've got a hundred spots for our early access of our Good Lawyer Pro. Good Lawyer Pro is gonna be typically 49 bucks a month, gets you unlimited advice sessions, vetted templates and access to that community I was talking about. First hundred access users are gonna get a month free. And you know, just in terms of comparing prices, a typical Good Lawyer advice session is 39 bucks a month. So if, you, if you're a business owner and you, you, know, you talk to a lawyer every month or two, 
pros probably for you because the price point is so sweet. The offer for the listeners today. So we've already filled 50 of that hundred slots. So if anybody hears this before uh, the end of November, <laughs> jump on goodlawyer.ca slash pro and you'll be able to access that. But then going forward until February, I think is the date we, we kind of pegged. If you use the promo code podcast on goodlawyer.ca, that'll get you a free advice session with any of the lawyers on the platform. So um, really simple. You just hit the promo button when you're checking out and type in podcast and uh, the promo will apply automatically if you're listening to this. Awesome. We're super excited. Appreciate the value add for podcast listeners with Canada's podcast. We have the same market, which is uh, business owners and entrepreneurs across Canada. Uh, and I absolutely, I, I love entrepreneurs. They're my, they're my favorite people. Truly. Like I, I, like, I just think they're, they're so interesting. You know, that I think entrepreneurs see the world in a different way. They, you know, see the future and aren't just content sort of continuing on with what they're doing in, in the current status quo. Um, so I just find my conversation with entrepreneurs of all shapes and sizes, uh, are just so fascinating. So I feel lucky. I feel lucky to work with them all the time now. Like it's, uh, kind of, fell into this a little bit, but uh, I'm a pretty happy man these days getting to deal with a, a lot of cool business owners across Canada. Well, and if nothing else, I think that encapsulates the friendly and fun aspect of your business, Brett, and I totally agree with you. So I'm going to add that it has been an absolute pleasure getting to know you and of course, product testing the goodlawyer.ca platform a little bit myself and uh, happy to to promote it and, and encouraging more people to use the good lawyers of Canada cross country on goodlawyer.ca. And, uh, you know, as we watch your company grow and, and we expand more access to legal services for, uh, for our business community nationally. So thanks, Brett. It has uh, been a pleasure promoting you on Canada's podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Angela. Uh, it's been a treat and I look forward to more discussions down the road. You bet. Sounds great.